Because at the end of the day, the plant material doesn't have the medical value. It's not the medicine, it's what the medicine grows on. Welcome to Bar Nortoke. This is episode 113, November 11th, 2018. With your host, Mint Hooker. Thank you all for listening. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you for your service, any veterans I have out there listening. Thank you to my grandfather, my dad, my brother, father-in-law, long line of service in the family. Thank you. Today, we go and meet Yeti. Concentrate maker, medicine man, helping people convert their plant matter to medicine. While I have had a great time doing the political shows over the last Two months. Last night was a blast. No pun intended. I did not get to blast anything. I just got to reap some rewards from the man's talent. Like you guys know, I am no dab expert. I am loving learning about concentrates. Really learned a lot with Yeti. Thanks for having me out to the dabbing cabin, West Fairbanks. Two-part episode. So long, as you also know. When I get to out to a place, we sit there token, candy kush, blunt, being toked on, and I do not remember the name of the dab. Delicious, everything. I saw the darkest herb I've ever seen before. Leash's lemonade. That stuck. Black. Almost black. The man grows craft cannabis. Artist, dab maker. Pack your pipe, turn on your rig, load a bong, be a flower on the wall. Alaskan Yeti. Hey, good doers of Alaska. Tom here with Good Cannabis. Just wanted to give you an update of our sales this week. Sunday, November 11th, we're having our Veterans Day sale. So come down, all you veterans, save 25% on your entire purchase. We're also having... $24 for all two grams of Durban Poison. Monday, November 12th, $45 all half gram good vape cartridges. Tuesday, November 13th, $45 for all eighths of good cannabis. Wednesday, November 14th, 30% off all good cannabis concentrates. Thursday, November 15th, $27 two gram all top shelf good cannabis flour. Friday, November 16th, $150 half ounce all good cannabis flour. Saturday, November 17th, $12 all one gram king rolls. Sunday, November 18th, $45 all good cannabis half gram vape cartridges. Definitely come check out some of the new strains we have at the shop. Blackberry cream is back. We appreciate you following us on Midtoker and look forward to seeing you down at the shop. Have a great week. And thank you, good cannabis, for your fine strains. Have you noticed their specials? They're not doing the low-end THC on special. All strains are on special. You gotta like that. Any strain you want. It's not just the lowball trying to get rid of their stuff. I like this method. Get on down there. Durban Poison, Bio Jesus. Ooh, good cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. I have made the trek out to West Fairbanks to meet up with Alaskan Yeti. In the flesh. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, is this the den? Is this the yeah, lair? This is the Yeti den. Uh, you know, we, we like to dab in cabins, so dab, dab in cabins. That's what we do. Nothing really embodies Fairbanks like dabbing in a cabin. The first dab you ever had in Fairbanks? Yeah, yeah. How long ago? A lot of years. I want to say about, about four or five years ago now. Actually, no. Yeah, about five years ago. So not, I mean... Sort of recent. Yeah, sort of recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, you know, my first maybe three years ago? 
Yeah. So you were were you one of the first up here to uh, consume DAP, or were you new into it at the time too? I had a friend who had come up from Arizona, a good buddy of mine, and he was all about this stuff called hash oil. And at first, I'll be honest, I was like everybody else. He told me they made it with butane, and I was like, that's gross. Right. The way they made it definitely back then was a lot grosser than. So you <laughs> than sold the product. Your, your buddy yeah, comes up and says, hey, let's It was smoke pretty this. gross. Uh, I didn't like it at first, but then I got shown from another friend what quality dabs looked like, and I was like, man, that's something exciting. So when I started making it, that friend had already left. So at that point, the only other people that I knew that dabbed or knew anything about it were people that I had shown and like helped. I'm not saying there weren't other people out there. I just didn't have a big circle, you know? Yeah. I wasn't social media savvy. So, yeah. So, it was just me and my friends for years, you know? I just I just got better blasting friends' materials from for other friends. It was, just with butane. Yeah, just butane and... Because and, and, you know, I don't with, with know a, much about it. Do you want to explain? What happens? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. Um, just using a solvent to take out the, uh, the good cannabinoids and uh, then boiling it off. You know, there's safe ways to do it and there's unsafe ways to do it. There's, uh, there's healthy ways to do it and there's unhealthy ways to do it. And, and, that, it, and the healthy way is probably more expensive and more oh, time. Yes, yes, yes <laughs> and, by far. And more understanding because it's not, it's not just about spending the money. It's about knowing what you're buying because the companies will lie to you and they'll, they'll sell you equipment that – that poisons people, even after they've been sell, sent the data and the results of the of, of what the equipment they're doing is is producing. And so, yeah, you, you really got to know know stuff, and it's it's hard. You know, it's hard to know what materials butane will dissolve because butane's a a really good solvent. It dissolves stuff that that otherwise wouldn't. Or 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 you know, some people clean their machines down with rubbing alcohol, and and their their gaskets are good for butane, but not for alcohol. And then that residual that gets smeared over the side of their of their equipment is now gasket goes into the next round of dabs. Can so. we just even back it up even further? Really specific. You say a butane. Mm-hmm. What is that? I mean, a can. Yeah, I can't. Are, so I, I actually use N-butane. It's, what, are, uh, what were you using back then? It's pretty pure. Um, just a standard, like, uh, what was it, like special blue and stuff. It was, uh, Stuke was a really big one back in the day. Just, just can butane? Yeah, just can butane. Oh, um, the refill? Um, yeah, the refill ones. I've never I've right. never gotten the big tanks. Uh, it'd be nice. I like the cans. I have a little can tapper. So you just squeeze it like a pair of pliers and it pinches it, puts it in your tank. You can you can distill off your butane and then put it back into your tank and then run it through your equipment. And it, that's and a it lot. Works of, that's a lot of you doing. Yeah, yeah, it is. But so people get scared right away. Yeah, most people would rather just get a glass tube or I don't know, man. I've I had this one guy one time come in. Uh, we were at a smoking event talking about we got the best dabs in town. This old dude and I was like, sweet, can I try? And I tried them. They were garbage. They were horrible. And I asked what him, What makes like, it garbage? I'll tell you. You'll, you'll, you'll hear. So I, I, I asked him, I said, I said, why do you say these are the best? And, and, and he told me he didn't even smoke them. And I was like, so his son, which had smoked them, I pulled him a dab of mine and he tasted it. And he just hung his head. And he looked at his dad and said, that's on a different level. And I asked him, I said, well, how are you blasting it? He was using a lead pipe. A lead pipe. I know people that have told me they he, he he told me about this new system he was about to build out of PVC. Mm. <laughs> you know, I know people that have that have told me, oh, I, we blasted out of an old maglite flashlight, one of the big ones, just drilled a hole in it, and and it's like that's stuffing it with cannabis and yeah, and pushing this or like soda bottles. I've heard of people using soda bottles, and it's like, man, the butane is taking that plastic and putting it in your dabs. It's taking all that stuff and putting it in 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 your dabs, and that's gross. So you, and that's why when like, you're like, when you're buying it out there, you gotta be. This isn't this isn't hitting record oh, yeah, since yeah, recently, yeah. and that's why and, and that's time. why I, I've always been big on on making concentrates and 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 making concentrates for for other people that that grow their own medicine and, and don't have the know how or the money to to go out there or the understanding of chemistry and physics to to do it properly. I'm able to help them safely make their product, safely make their medicine without. Without dealing with people who 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 who, who may be poisoning, um, and, and inadvertently, you know, not this isn't a a design thing. I think that some people just don't understand chemistry enough to understand what happens when you change little elements of a system. When you go online and you read people talk about how to do it, how to do it, that's the thing that hurts hurts a lot. Is just people go online and they think they get a good understanding, but but people online do things wrong too. Right, or and, how, and, you, how and, you're shown. And if yeah. there aren't many people around, then you're mm-hmm. just shown it that way. And I guess I'm just fortunate. I, 
I always grew up with a curiosity of science and, you know, I, I took higher education and chemistry and physics and all that stuff. So it just kind of, I just make things that make sense to me don't necessarily make sense to other people. So, and, and I know this cause I've tried to help a lot of other people who do blast and, and I see their setups and, and, and sometimes it just doesn't cross somebody's mind not to use this kind of gasket or not to use this kind of paper or not to, you know, not, not, not to do things. You know, some people blast in a silicone, but, you know, do an experiment and you take silicone and you shoot a bunch of butane at it. If you weigh it beforehand, weigh it after, it loses weight. That means that the butane's going in, taking stuff out and putting it in your depths. So mm-hmm. it dissolves. So little things like that, you know, some people just don't think about it. They don't think. That's my thing is I've always tried to make it clean because I'm making a medicine for myself. And at first, when I first started, I did just follow other people. And I and that's why I say, like, talk about that company. You know, I, you know, they sell the refrigerant pumps for people making dabs, which, which, are, which are horrible because they have components in them that aren't made for food grade. First off, they have gaskets that is not made for butane. So you dissolve all your gaskets out and wind up smoking gaskets. Second is they have copper fittings. So you get that rust on it, that green rust on copper that poisons people. So I find that out the hard way and I don't use any kind of pumps like that. If you want to pay the cost, you know, they make pumps that are designed for butane, but they get very pricey. Um, so most people want to skip that, but they still want to do the process fast. So they just use those refrigerant pumps and it's really, it's poisonous. So yeah, we just take the slow method. You know, I like to go outside, you know, some people, some people try to come up with fancy ventilation systems and all this stuff to, to do it inside, but but my thing is I just like going outside. People spend so much money down in the lower 48 trying to chill their systems, trying to put coolers on their systems, trying to buy dry ice and put it everywhere. I take mine out at negative 40 and let some butane fly through it, and it's it just flows, you know. It, it's nice. Just run it nice and slow. I don't use pumps, just passive everything. Closed-loop system, I just use pressure and temperature gradients to uh, to move the butane instead of a pump. Um, and that way I don't have to worry about contamination. Does it work better at the negative 40? Oh, way better. Um, yeah, significantly. You get better results for lots of reasons. But yeah, the colder the material and the colder your butane stays, the better results you get. Normally the clearer color. You get a nice nice golden color mm. and a better consistency too. Because not only is it cold, but it's dry. So the dryness really helps uh, in the process as well. So when you're looking at a bad dab, what are you going to notice right away? that you're going to say uh, that's bad compared to something that's taste good. that's the thing i think everybody taste. everybody misjudges everybody goes off of color or consistency but the thing is is i've had material that comes out real hard i've had material that comes out real gooey i've had material that tastes great both ways i've had good butters that taste good in colors i've had i've had people that you know they say oh you know this trim's been sitting around for a year and a half you know what i mean and yeah it's going to come out darker but that doesn't mean it's going to be bad dabs so color and consistency are are nice to look at but we've all seen pretty dabs that you taste it it's just got a funky taste to it a lot of times those funky tastes are where people made messed up in the process or 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 maybe maybe a guy was spraying his plants down you know with some kind of bug spray and then then made concentrates not realizing wait a minute we're concentrating bug spray so that's the thing is for me the best test is taste unfortunately you've got to you know ingest it to, to tell or I guess the best source is tested material right. that's been tested. but And just knowing the person who's making it. Yeah, yeah. And trusting them, yeah. trusting... Yeah, if you're, if you're going through the process of growing your own medicine, you should make sure the person that's, that's converting your flower into medicine is, is treating it as such, um, as medicine and not just as a, as a quick process or a quick job or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's talk so, about that as far as uh, flower into medicine. Because I, I use flower as medicine. Right, right. But um, then, not. But I, I can think I can appreciate what you're saying. You're talking about dosage. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't by any means mean to say no, that, that, that flower is not medicine. But, but what I would say is, uh, it's another place. Is aspirin is a medicine, correct? Yeah. Is is that aspirin in the bark? Would you call that medicine? I guess. But but I meant medicine in the, in the sense of like ready, there it is, concentrate, ready to go. You know, you don't have to worry about the plant material. Essentially, um, that's the good thing because at the end of the day, you know, people. People hate hearing weed is bad, you know, and so this is the unflavor, but, but smoking cannabis is bad, you know, uh, for your health, for, for your lungs. You're burning plant material and you're breathing in. Sure, we, we do that around bonfires and stuff like that. Don't recommend bonfires a lot. So for people who may have lung issues or may have issues that would be exacerbated by smoking the plant material, it just makes sense that the actual medical parts 
are pulled out. Because at the end of the day, the plant material doesn't have the medical value. It's not the medicine, it's what the medicine grows on. So that's what concentrates are all about. It's about taking away the part that, for me, isn't medicine. There's so many conditions and there's so many different ways that the body works that maybe for somebody out there, plant material actually benefits them medically in some way. I, I, I'm not an expert. I can't say that, that for somebody it's not medicine. But for me personally, I get migraines. I, I get really bad migraines to the point that uh, that I've thought about ending my life over them. They, they get bad. They're debilitated. Uh, I don't leave the house. I, I can't leave my bed. I, I have to close everything off. It's bad. And I, and I get them, if I don't ingest enough cannabis, I get them two to three times a week. Probably has something to do, I've had a lot of major concussions over my life. It's pretty, pretty safe assurance to say I probably have CTE. I've been hospitalized for over a week with a single concussion. Fun story? Fun story. They're bad. And, and I'll do anything to stop them. But when I smoke weed, I have to smoke so much to get enough of whatever it is that's stopping the migraines. For, for, for my understanding, it's, it's probably the CBD. And, and as you know, most, most strains, unless you specifically are breeding for CBD, are low enough. So you have to smoke more of it. For me to get enough medicine to where the migraines stop, I was having to smoke myself into getting a headache. Or smoke myself into having a hard time breathing when I was riding my bike. Because I was an avid bike rider back then. For me, I like to pull the medicine away from the plant material because the dosing that I need to not have migraines is such that it is unhealthy for me to consume that much plant material. For people that, that maybe their medical need is, is, is something else that doesn't require the dosing that mine does, then yeah, sure. And, and um, there's a continuum, right? There's and a yeah. continuum of, of absolutely to yeah. medical. Yeah, and I'm somewhere in this wellness place in the middle. Yeah. And it bothers me because, I don't know, it, it is recreational. You know, it is. And, and there is medical for sure. But I think that it's hard to do either without the other. You know, I don't yeah. think you could be a medical user without the recreational aspect of it because there's something recreational about sitting with a friend and passing a pipe. You know, I'm going to roll this blunt right Sorry. now and, and we're going to pass it back and forth and, and, and have a good time. <laughs> Dab Lab AK. Winner of Cannabis Classic 2017, Alaska's Best Glass Shop. And there's no doubt as to why. High quality, American-made glass, none of this cheap import stuff. With the best CBD and accessories available on the market, all in a comfortable, professional setting with competitive prices. Support local, College Road, Fairbanks. I'm going to let my buddy Alaska Red tell you. For the highest quality glass that you're going to find in Alaska, head on down to my buddy's shop, Dab Lab AK, 3410. College Road. That's Dab Lab AK, 3410 College Road, Fairbanks, Alaska. 10 to 9, Sunday through Thursday, open till 11, Friday to Saturday. For all your cannabis accessory needs, Dab Lab AK. Backtrack provided by Alaska Red, Lyrical Sticker. And there is an aspect of recreational, but at the same time, you're consuming your medicine. And, then this, you know, it's it goes hand in hand. I think that even the people, I think a lot of people that would even classify themselves as recreational are receiving a medical benefit from it. And therefore, it's still medical. I think I think that if you're, you know, if you're, if you're a sad person and you smoke weed and you enjoy yourself on it, I think that's a medical value. I don't think that's just recreational. But in the same note, you know, when I go hiking in the woods, is that recreational or is that medicinal? Because I'll tell you what, man, it's good for the brain. Like, it's good for the mind. It's good for the body. So it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to classify the difference between recreational and medical. I like to think about it. In, it's all wellness. Yeah, it's all wellness. I think, though, it's not all wellness. Yes. Once again, it's unpopular because, you know, I feel like a lot of people in the cannabis community have put cannabis up there as like a savior as like a perfect thing you know like do no wrong you know and if mm -hmm. you if you say anything bad about it they really get bent but i think that i think that there there's there's definitely levels of cannabis use that go beyond wellness into being a detriment i think ah yes i think people don't like to talk about it but it's really true i think well, that overconsumption and just yeah, being or you know gluttony. some people yeah gluttonous some people you know some people make a god out of it, and it's their most important thing, and, and, and all their treasure goes to it, and all their time goes to it, and all their heart goes to it, and I think that robs them of the ability to put that stuff where it should be, and sometimes it, 
it can be used to the hurt of people. I've seen people that'll that'll make horrible decisions and you know put put weed above the the finances of their family and things like that. And it's just hard to see people abuse things. But I mean, every good thing will be abused. You know, every good thing that we have in society, every good thing that we have in life, uh, there there'll always be people that abuse it. So I'm not at all suggesting right. we take it away from society, but obviously not. But yeah, you know. There's some people that, that take it past the wellness level, and uh, and yeah, I think it's I think it's good to acknowledge that. I think you you're know, right. I think it's good that we all check ourselves to make sure that we're not taking it to a detriment. You know, is there times when you notice in yourself? Yeah, there are. There have been. There have been times uh, where you know I feel like I I was putting cannabis as as too high of a priority in my life. Yeah, and I think there was a time that I I felt like I I felt like I chased it. For the wrong reasons. You know, everybody says they're in it, in it for, for weed, but I think a lot of people are in it for money. And sure, money's an attractive thing that, that can sway your interests and, and change your motives. Um, You're talking about the business side. Yeah, the, the business side. side. Or, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. The business side. So I think that... And is there, any, is there any good that can come from business? I mean, it's it's straight up. Yeah, yeah there's the a idea lot of good. That, oh, there's a lot of good. I think... I think there's a lot of good, especially in it, in it being legal business. I mean, <laughs> people used to get shot trying to buy weed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's a real thing. And that's a real thing in real places. Uh, my brother got shot a couple years ago trying to buy weed in North Carolina. You know, How trying much? to buy an ounce. Yeah, an ounce. An ounce of weed. Guy stuck him up, shot him. He had to drive himself to the hospital. And for what? Like 400 bucks probably? Yeah. So it's like... Unfortunately, when you push anything to the black market, it gets sketchy. It gets bad. That's why I've I've grown for myself for a lot of years because man, well, there's I, no authority that's watching over yeah. transactions other than violence. Yep, and not even not only just just transaction, but then you get into the quality. You know, because I feel like on the black market, there's no testing, there's no there's no anything. So it's like, man, I've I've really helped growers out, and and there's some people that I just stop, but but I mean, I've 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 run into growers that, you know, especially back when, you know, there was a popular rock band going around selling weed on delivery. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, that there were people that were growing weed and they knew they had, say, 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 spider mites. And they're sitting there spraying their plants with stuff that's known poison, known poisonous to people that you're not supposed to spray and fly. Or spraying it until the day of harvest, drying it all, dropping it off to those people, and then they're going door to door with it. And it's like, that's poison. The idea of money was more important to that person than growing quality medicine. I started growing for my own medicine and for the medicine of a medical user who was very close and dear to me. So my thought has always been, I want to make clean medicine. I want to make pure medicine. I don't want to grow the biggest, densest buds, that, you know, the, the, the heaviest plants that you'll ever see. That's not me. And, and people that, that see my growing, they'll know that I'm not going to be around bragging about plant size. Uh, my plants are small. Uh, my buds aren't the, aren't the biggest. But there's a quality of flavor and a quality of, of knowing that it's pure and it's organic and it's medicine. To me, that's more important than growing a bunch. And, you know, I know a lot of people that'll, that'll quickly come around and I, I'm not the best grower. I'm not the best grower in this town. I'm not the best grower maybe on the street. But amongst a lot of my friends... I'm a much better grower, and they'll be the first to say that, even though they produce significantly more in the same little space I do, you know, for per square foot. And I've just never been about producing a lot. I've been about producing pure medicine, and and I think that's, that's enough. Enough, you know, that's enough. I think in the times that to, to circle this all back around, in the times that I feel that it has gone past wellness for me, marijuana, cannabis is in the times that I allowed the amount that I could grow or or some kind of fiscal benefit to get in the way of my true goal of, of, of helping people and helping myself. The North Bowl Refinery is here to provide Alaska with the finest quality CBD product available on the market today. This includes Select CBD, Lenative by Montel Williams, Lazarus Naturals, Hot Mess Cushmetics, and constantly testing new products. The North Bowl Refinery is a distributor to these fine locations. Smoking Deals in Fairbanks and Kenai, Nature's Relief, Gabco, Denali's Cannabis Cash, Uncle Herbs in Homer and Anchorage, The Frost Farm, and on Facebook with more locations coming soon. The North Bowl Refinery, quality CBD in Alaska. And that's why they don't want weed legal, because you can use it to help yourself. 
and they'd rather mm-hmm. help you because they could charge you if they helped you. Well, two things. First, it's nice that Alaska, through its regs, have allowed for home growth. Yes, yes. Where other states that are coming on are not being so friendly. Second, what you say about the regulated market brings in the cannabis that we're consuming. If we trust the testing companies and what's happening and the retailers that they're packaging it and all those things, if we trust the line of the machine, we're getting clean Yeah, cannabis? Uh, say, sometimes. I don't want to say healthy. Sometimes. But I think, to be honest... It's a better system. I think better than all of those is the system of Facebook. I think when these guys get fired from these jobs and they're mad and they go on Facebook and say, mm-hmm. our company sprays until they, or our company has mites. You've seen it. Seen it. You've seen it. Um, so I think, I think that's actually better. Cause back in the day, you know, if you blasted somebody about an illegal grow, you might get beat up. Like, oh. you know what I'm saying? Nowadays you go on Facebook and well, that you was my job. Same? That was my employer. No. You can't strong on people. That's the thing is, in the yeah. same way, in the same way, it's not the same. Mind you can't yet. strong on one way. You can't strong on the other way anymore. You know, because you're a legal business. You know, you can't just as a as a legal marijuana grower. If, if we accept and assume that that legal business is on the up and up, yeah, yep. Because once big money starts getting anywhere, you end up with that violence again being the yeah. authority. I think, I think uh, we got a little taste of big money. I think some people have come up here, you know, seeking the money. Uh, but I think as other states legalize it, I don't think there's enough fish up here for big money. No, no reason to come up here. When the I other think. States are going I, I think right now, yeah, because there's only ten states that legalize it, and a couple of those just did the other day. But it's like when it's federally legal. Why would anybody want to move their operation up here when you can just grow your stuff in the States and ship it around? Right. Now, Alaska, I think Fairbanks will be different. I think we'll still have a spot for the local growers because people like local stuff up here. That's just how it is. There'll always be a farmer's market. There'll always be buy local up here. It's more of a community feel. So I think I think people will resist the, 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 uh, the outside produced stuff in favor of locally grown. And there'll always be a want and for Alaskan grow anything, mm-hmm. as long as it's quality. Well, that's what'll rise mm-hmm. to the top, right? Mm-hmm. As long as we there's this talk of capping businesses now, not allowing any more businesses in. Yeah, because there's too many now, and we want to save these businesses that are in there now. Well, what do you think about that as someone that has his eye on the prize? Well, that's a that's a big that's a big can of worms. I feel like we should choose as a society which path we're going to go. And once we choose, we should go. And if we're choosing that we're going to be free market capitalists, then we should be that. We shouldn't you don't say think you could be free market for some things and not for others. I don't think it's. I don't think without having a justification for why. Unless you can explain to me why the guy that had the most money and got into the market first, why he's more important than somebody who had to work to get there. Or somebody that had to take their time to get there. I don't think that, that first to market should get any kind of any kind of advantage. Unless you're first to market and you set a name for yourself. There are some of these dispensaries have opened up and set wonderful names for them. Track record. Yeah. Reputation. Wonderful. And those companies aren't going to be hurt by new companies opening. I feel like the only thing you're doing Coca-Cola by saying... Coca-Cola is still here, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing they're doing by limiting how many can open is saying, okay, these subpar ones can remain subpar because now they won't have that competition outside of however many there are. I don't think that's good for... For, for business, I don't think that's good for quality. Consumers. Uh, consumers. And I think the better quality we have, that'll be our market because it'll draw people in. If, 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 if Fairbanks, if Alaska is this place where there's just all these awesome, high-quality, locally grown strains, that's going to draw cannatourism. But, I mean, if we're if we're limited in the shops and, and people are getting lazy and, and just kind of putting out the same blase weed and, and, and just not really caring because people are buying it up the weed will sell the cannabis is going to sell but i think it'll have a hard impact on the future of our business because we're not going to get that tourist dollar if people come up here and they go to the dispensaries and they're getting blase weed and then they go to california where they allow it to flourish and they're getting amazing weed well they're not going to come here they're, they're going to come here because alaska is mm-hmm. beautiful but they're not going to come here in in that same aspect uh, we want them to talk about our great alaskan weed. exactly because That's i mean it. at the end of the day alaskans grow great weed you know yeah. there's you i feel like you got to endorse so much stuff up here that like it makes better weed and i think the cold helps 
Everybody struggles with heat, and that's one of the things that makes weed bad is growing in too warm of an environment. Because, like, you know, if you if you get a you know if you read online or you read in a book, you know what temperature does weed grow at? You're gonna see, yeah, you know, sure, the stomata don't really start to close, and it doesn't really start to slow down until the high 80s or mid to high 80s. But your terpenes are getting destroyed in the mid to high 80s, you know. So it's like if you're just growing for how big a plant you can get and how fast you can you can accumulate growth then yeah, you can uh, you can grow really big, fast plants that, that, that cook off all their terpenes while they're cooking. In the same note, uh, if you drop your temperatures down to where they're a little chilly, you're going to slow down growth a little bit, but you're going to get a lot more phenotypical expression and uh, uh, better terpene profiles. So, you know, it's... Alaska kind of forces you to grow colder. You know, you don't you don't deal with the hot boxes up here like, like you deal with in the lower 48, unless you invest in, in good ventilation and air conditioning, but... You know, it's pretty nice when your air conditioning is free all winter long. Right. Half the year anyway, right? Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, down there, they look at heat as a bad thing. You know, everybody's always wondering how you're going to get rid of that heat. What are you going to do with that heat? And it's like, shoot, I don't have a heater. That's all I need is grow lights. They are the heat source. What most people would see as a problem up here is a benefit. And that mixed with the fact that we don't get garbage weeds here. From what I hear, I don't go down in the States too much anymore. But from what I hear, it's less and less. But... When I was down there, you know, it was just a bunch of stuff coming up from Mexico that just wasn't that good. And it's like by the time it, you know, if it came up from Mexico and crossed the whole United States and then crossed Canada and then mm-hmm. crossed back in them, like, that's a lot, you know. We're just not getting that. The that. dispensaries down there are really nice. The dispensaries are. Yeah. I've heard. I went to Seattle. I went to some dispensaries in Seattle. That's the only other legal dispensaries I've been to. And they were nice. They were by far better than us. And, and yeah. like I said... The reason why they were by far better is they had way more brands, they had way more product, they had yeah, and that competition drove it. So if and we, they've been going for a while. Oh, absolutely, a little longer. Absolutely, yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. But and if you don't allow competition to come in, exactly, we're going to stay exactly, able to have exactly. But if you get competition, then the, and I'm not saying the dispensaries aren't aren't doing a good job now, but you start getting to a place where they're not sure if they're going to make make business like every other business in town, and they're going to get great. Yeah, if you if you cap the market and the guarantee tiger. that their market's always going to be great, then their stores will never be great. Mm-hmm. But if you allow the market to open up to where their stores start, their market starts getting good and fair, and then poor, then all of a sudden they're going to start getting their store up to par. Yeah, changing. How can we do it better? Exactly. What, what but if you don't need to customers? get it better, if 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 you're telling me that you can, nobody can open up a new store, and I'm you know I'm just going to sit there and do the same old, same old, and, and keep my business going. I mean, sure, there'll still be competition between the stores that open, but there's a lot of people for the few amount of stores. Gonna, what's the number? Right now? Yeah, what's the number that they're going to allow? Oh, um, I don't. Uh, there is no number yet. There, It's just this oh, okay. talk of, in the city, I believe they did cap it. It yeah. may be like... I, I think I was at that meeting. I just 15, don't remember the number. It was some huge number that's not yeah. even going to happen. It, it can't happen because of the way zoning is. Yeah. You can't be a certain distance away. Chena Cannabis, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway, between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway. Special in-house strains. Chocolope, sourdough, blue kush, big smooth, purple OG kush, fruity pebbles. Mmm concentrates by good cannabis good titrations edibles by ak frost and the good cannabis gummies head on over to china cannabis check out the full menu on leafly.com open monday through friday 10 a.m to 9 p.m sunday noon till six you don't have to drive all the way to fairbanks for your cannabis needs save your time get your quality cannabis at china cannabis your north pole cannabis dispensary china cannabis Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with the consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Nature's Relief. High-quality cannabis at a low price, with a focus on high CBD strains that might be useful to the body. Deli Style allows you to try different strains for just a couple dollars. We feature 100% local Fairbanks growers. 
offer a custom flower pre-roll that allows you to pick the strain, and we roll it in front of you. Daily specials and deals, year-round discounts. Nature's Relief in the heart of downtown Fairbanks, 5037 See you there. Ballot Measure 4 was 2014. Mm-hmm. That's four years ago. Okay? Legal legal cannabis started 2016. Like, like right now. Yeah. Like two years ago. The reason someone gets in now is they're an entrepreneur. They see they can do something better than what's being done. So, what does Yeti think he can do better than what's being done now? Quality. Quality. From what, what I'm hearing from yeah. you, right? Yep. And and look, I'm not saying quality to say that I'm the best grower. I'm saying quality because that's the aspect I come from. If what you you're think, putting into it. If you think making more the materials, you yeah. If you think making the most amount of money is is makes you a better grower, then there's lots of better growers. If you think growing a lot of weed that that is marketable that people will buy uh, makes you a better grower, then there's lots of better growers. So it's hard to say better grower, but but I just focus on quality over quantity. One hundred percent of my decisions are about quality. So I think I can offer Ooh. that. I think that that's something that I've always shot for. Um, and you know, soil grown, you know, all the way up, soil grown, hand trimmed. I understand it's not as profitable, but it's a higher quality medicine. It's different. I think that's what people are looking for, not, not just the same stuff, you know, not the same strains. I like to breed my own strains. I take time, you know, uh, leeches lemonade, as you just, as you just looked at, beautiful weed, possibly the darkest weed I've ever seen, no doubt about it. And you're, you're calling that out. When, when I say it's the darkest weed, I mean, uh, I've seen a lot of weed, but uh, I, I start, my sphere, I'm starting to talk to a lot of people. Yeah. And the people I talk to, they've seen a lot of things. I know you've seen a lot of cannabis. I know you've seen from start to finish. Yeah. For you to say that's some of the darkest weed, it looks black. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't even look like cannabis. But I've bred that strain for seven generations. You know, I didn't I didn't just go to a website and see a picture and, and order a seed and pop it in the ground. And and that's what I think that's something I'll offer is is sure. I mean, yeah, it's nice to go into a dispensary and, and and get the strains that you know and love, but I like new stuff too. You know, I like I like always rotating out new new things. I like, <coughs> I like trying new flavors and finding out which ones do better for me or which ones do better for other ones. Because you know, it's cannabis. We share it. We're sharing it right now. So if I if I grow a strain and and one of my friends or one of my associates tries it and it really helps them out for their condition, sweet. Here you go. Keep growing it. You know, like I feel like if we just grow the same strain over and over, we we don't get that. We don't get the variety. And so I like searching for variety and, and, and breeding myself. You know, it's, I like breeding more than I like producing flower. I'd rather produce seed. Well, speaking of that, if you come coming into the rec market, what, uh, how many strains do you want to bring in? How many winners I have at the time? All the winners you have at the time. All the nice. winners. That's but I answer. don't. I think I'll be more selective than most people. I don't want to put out a lot of strains <coughs> when we hit because I want to make sure that if I'm offering somebody to some something to somebody, it's it's what I think is the best. And not my 15th best, but my best every time. So I don't want to get to a point where I'm just putting out new strains because I can put a new name on it and put it out there. If it's not something that I feel is an absolute, the market is at loss without this strain, I'm not going to grow it and put it to market. It's going to go to oils. It's going to go to concentrate. The only way I would put flour out on this market is 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 if it was something different. If it was something that, that made people say, yeah, no, this is a keeper. I'll come back for that strain. I don't want to ever have somebody buy my strain that I put my hard time into and then not come back i don't want it to be oh i wish they'd have bought this strain instead then we would have kept them as a customer you know it's just that way uh i don't want to have to if you grow something that that everyone has access to someone else is going to be growing it you don't have it's not yours anymore yeah the strains you bring to market are not going to be things that people can find other places and that's not necessarily true because uh so from a business aspect, that would be very smart. But like I said, I try not to make my decisions based off money, but off people. So 
I mean, all my genetics are out there. Like I said, if, if, if you try one of my strains and it's the one that works for you, you can grow it. I'll give it to you. I don't, I don't do this. I'm not going to give out my genetics because I want to be the only one that grows you're this. a businessman? No, and that's why I'm not in business yet because I won't go into business with investors who don't understand that. And that's why it doesn't change. If do you I need were to maybe do a nonprofit or something, maybe try to do. Yeah, is that a is that a possibility? Can you do a nonprofit, bro? <coughs> I don't see why. I don't know how to do it, but it doesn't mean yeah. I can't find the people that do. Yeah, yeah. Right now, Canicare with the vets. <coughs> what's what's that about? I'm not familiar with that. Um, they're <coughs> in, uh, bringing cannabis to vets that can't afford it. Oh man, I got to get in touch with these guys. So that's oh, Canacare. I get cannabis in the hands of so many vets that can't afford it. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. Everybody should be doing that. So, but Everybody there's should. other people that need it that aren't vets. Oh, absolutely. And they, you know, I hey, I help everybody get to the get to the place where they can they can meet their medical needs. You know, um, I I don't know. It's like would you be else. into doing something like that? I would one hundred percent. No doubt about it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'd love to meet them and, and, and link up with that. I can help them in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Even if they get, like, donations of garbage, I'll turn it into concentrate or something for them. Like, I can, I know I can help them. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll yeah. definitely hook you up with Canicare. Ex- but then absolutely. as far as taking your your business run to a uh, to a level that way. Yeah. I, I don't know we how hope. it happens, but yeah, we, talk we, to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's something me and my brother, who 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 uh, one Alaskan Yeti, is actually up and running. Because you know, right now, sure, I grow with my legal uh, medical card. Actually, you know, I got a medical card. Well, let, when we I can, actually we can talk a, about that. Do you want to talk about that medical card right now? Because you have a different perspective on medical cards. I do. I like medical cards. I don't think they're pointless. Um, so many people right now are saying they're completely they pointless. They do. But here's the thing: is 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 from a recreational perspective, it's pointless. From a medical perspective. I have documentation that says my doctor thinks this is the best decision for me. You know, I have, I have a piece of paper that 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 if I'm traveling with cannabis, I can say, look, like my doctor thinks this is a real thing. Like this, this, this is my condition. This is this is real. In the same way, I would feel less comfortable. I don't take pharmaceuticals, but 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 say I had had a prescription of oxycotton, I'd feel a lot better if the prescription had my name on it, traveling with it, than if it didn't. And that's the way I look at it, is it's a medical <coughs> medicine for me, and it's something I travel with to and fro, and I feel like it just legitimizes it and just cleans everything up. Also, uh, you get an extended grow with it. Um, you know, because I make concentrates for my condition, I need more plants. Um, How, because I grow smaller that's plants, controversy I need right more. There. You saying that you get, ext- you get more plants. Who says that or why do you say well, that? When I got my MetaCard, I got an extended plant count because it was it was so that I needed concentrates. Now, that extended <laughs> plant count is up to 24, which technically is legal under Raven anyways. And you know that, what is it? The bill that passed said this doesn't conflict right. Raven. So mm-hmm. either way, it's 24. But like like I said, I like to be on that legitimacy. I've been under the limits my, my whole time. I, I'm a good grower. I know how to grow weed. I, I know how to grow other things. I went to school for for horticulture agriculture and botany um so i understand how to grow things on large scale i've worked in lots of greenhouses and i could have been growing lots and lots and lots and lots of weeds all these years and i've always kept it under my legal level i feel to me if they're telling me that they're not going to prosecute for under 24 if they're telling me that that they're going to let me be a free citizen and see my family every day under 24 i'm going to go under 24 and at the end of the day it works you know, so if my thing is, is I don't know the legality of them able to say that I can have 24, but I'm fairly confident that if I were to get busted with my 24 and I had the paper from the doctors and we had Raven versus Alaska and we have a jury of my peers, I feel like I'm going to be okay. So that's my thing. I Fiji.org. Yeah. I mean, fully informed jury association. 
Proven Free Farms has been committed to teaching youngsters to the young at heart English and Western horseback riding for 25 years. Located just behind the university, they teach year-round in either the indoor heated arena in the winter or outside in the summer. Give them a jingle at 907-378-0103 to schedule a convenient time. Moving Free Farms. Let's ride some horses. But, yeah. I mean, I easily could have set up some giant hydro with lots of lights and and, and pushed out, you know, giant numbers. And, and Could you and, do that by yourself? Uh, I wouldn't need to. Who doesn't want to go with the Yeti? Well, what I'm saying is um, it seems like a lot of what you're talking about is that <coughs> that uh, <coughs> personal touch, that natural. Mm-hmm. Once you get bigger scale, you lose touch oh, with the plants. And- that's what I'm saying. That's why I said I could have done that. I, I, that that's a thing that could happen, but I won't. Because that's not that, what I want to do. Um, are you doing a limit? Are you I, seeking a limited growth? Yeah, I think I'll seek a limited. Dis- uh, no, 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 no. I think I'll seek the unlimited, but start with the space of a limited. That way, I can grow um, at the rate which I feel like I'm sustaining quality. But I always want to be like a small scale. I, I and and I don't. When I say like, I want to be the best quality. That's not to say that that I'm better than the people that are not the best quality. It's just to say that they've geared their their business differently. It's like beer. You got your Budweisers. A lot of people love Budweisers. You cannot argue with the business model of Budweiser. But you also got your hoodoos. You got your guys who sit there and and small, crafted quality product and there will always be a market for both i think right now there's only a market for for low-end cannabis or 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 mid cannabis uh because if you go the extra step to produce high quality cannabis there's no price difference there's no there's no compensation for that extra extra that you put in so i think that'll change and i think that's coming soon price difference just because you have to have a higher price just to maintain yep yeah i mean it makes sense i mean just from an economic standpoint, if you're telling me I can build a box, say a 10 by 10 box, <coughs> if I grow that box organic soil versus growing that hydro, you're talking about a two-fold difference. You can double your production by switching to hydro, pumping in CO2, and, and just basically roiding up your plants, you know, giving them everything they need, everything they want to a gluttonous level. They'll get huge. You know, it's like the American way. If you're avoiding that and you're using all materials that are... I build my soils from scratch. I start with 100% good stuff. 100% of my compost is, is, is worm castings. I, I don't I don't care for cheap compost. I don't care for, for things that, that spread out the soil. I want to make the best soil because it's growing the weed that is going into my medicine. So I want it to be the best it can be. I enjoy flavor. Who doesn't want their cough syrup to taste good? So I feel like if you're going through the process of spending that extra money and getting half of the outcome, you'd have to be a fool to put the product on the shelf for the same price. You wouldn't expect it from any other industry. If a car maker uses better better materials in the car and puts more time into engineering and research and design and comes out with a better car, you don't expect it to sell it for the same price as a as a Dodge Neon. It's just not the way the market works. If you use garbage meat and you grind it up and you make a burger, you could charge a dollar. But you can't go into Brewster's and demand one of their burgers for a dollar. So I think there should be a gap in in pricing. And I think there will be. I know you can't on the market say this is organic. That's something you can't do, sure. But, just the way you talk about it, though. Yeah, just, I mean, things like soil grown or like hand trimmed, uh, wet trimmed as opposed to dry trimmed, things like that where it's, you know, those are decisions you make when you say, okay, I'm losing productivity, but I'm increasing quality. And from from most business models, that's not wise. For most business models, it's not. If your business <coughs> is to mass produce and put out as much as you can, then that's not good advice at all. But it's not my goal. I want to make the best quality. So I will <coughs> lower my I will raise my production costs all day long if it means raising my quality. As long as you're making money. Yeah. 
but I think it, that's what I'm saying. I think you, you still do if you if you if the market demands a higher price. If, if you can demand more from the market, a higher price from the market, it's worth it. I think that day is coming. I think we're gonna have high quality shelf that is a higher price than low quality shelf. Like every other Does, industry. Do you think you have to have a high quality retail store <coughs> that's going to demand that high? Like when you walk in, I think they and all know that assume. they all, yeah, everything in there. You know that nothing you get in there is going to be low. I think that day will come. I think and you can't walk in without spending a hundred bucks an eighth or something. Yeah, like that. I think the problem right now has been that the market has not been able to fully saturate um, to the point where. You know, it's all moving. It's all moving. But I think once we start getting more growers and more people hit the market and, and it starts to expand, as it's been going, it's been going fast. You know, I remember the days when the dispensaries were closed. Yes. You know, you don't see a dispensary closed anymore. No. But you still see them pushing garbage on the shelves. There's good stuff. There is. But unfortunately, you can't necessarily look at the price and tell which one's good and which one's garbage. No. Even weed that has seeds in it. Yeah. It's being sold. Well, but they're telling you it has seeds in it. They're telling you. Look, man, why is that such a bad thing if you pull a seed out? At the end of the day... It's not, but I don't want to have yeah. all my weed yeah. full of seeds. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and and if they do, it should be advertised, absolutely. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. There'll always be that person that wants to go in and get the cheapest eighth. And that's why... If you're spending $100 an eighth, you should not have a seed in your weed. No, 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 you should... Well... If I got a seed in a hundred dollar eighth, I'd be smiling ear to ear. Really, you would. That's if I just one? bought a strain that is hitting the market and is expecting higher because it's worth more, now I've got its genetics and seed form. I'd be. Would happy. that be a good seed? It's got the potential. Um, it, it's like children, you know. Not every one of your children is the same, but they all have similar qualities to you. They're all fifty percent you. What fifty percent it is is a, is a, is a, is a crapshoot. With the seed, you guarantee 50% of whatever this $100 weed is, you know? So if you're really happy with that weed, <laughs> it's really good genetics, then, I mean, maybe it was an, F, an S1 where, or, you know, maybe it uh, popped, popped male parts out and, and pollinated itself, then sweet, you got an S1. People sell those for, you know, money, you know? <laughs> uh, if it was something else, if some, some pollen blasted in, then sweet, you get an F1 with that, you know? It could be good, it could be bad, but it's... To me, it's like, I don't know, it's like you, when you're a kid and you're pouring out your cereal and the toy falls out, you don't go, oh, man, they put a stupid toy in this box. You know what I'm saying? Like, that seed has value. Yeah, but I find my seed when you're smoking it in the pipe and it goes, Psst. oh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, uh, yeah, once again, you don't have seeds when you make concentrates, so that's the, that's the good thing. It just all dissolves? No, uh, it what doesn't dissolve that? the seed. It dissolves the THC. I've had plants that just grow up right out of the uh, where I compost all the um, blasted material. So sometimes people will bring me CD stuff. You know, they grew some autos outdoors and didn't cut out the males or something, and they bring me some CD stuff, and I just you know put it out there. And after I'm done blasting, and every spring a couple of plants will pop up. <laughs> they don't nice. ever come to fruition because they That's you know they don't they don't get the light deprivation, so they just grow a vegetative growth until they freeze. But it's still neat to see. Now being a patron of Far North Tokers comes with extra bonus of discounts at participating sponsors. Chena Cannabis, the North Bowl Refinery, Moving Free Farms, Dab Lab AK. Thank you sponsors for extending these benefits to our patrons. Like our newest patron, Rhonda Howard, Sarah Grover, Virgie Walter, and Josiah Lockery. Can't forget our longtime supporters, Marilyn Berglund, Carrie Mullis, Peggy Peters, Aaron Worthy, Ramlin Major. Here's to Where does Yeti come from? Where's Alaska Yeti? Uh, Alaskan Yeti, that's the first strain I ever bred. Um, Called Alaskan Yeti? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the time, I had, I had and I still have a dog named Mini Yeti. She's a tiny white dog. Uh, not tiny, she's mid-sized, but, but she's tiny compared to a Yeti. So she, her name is Mini Yeti. Um, but uh, I was growing autos, and I crossed... An auto AK with a uh, with a Himalayan Ruderalis 
and uh, and that was Alaskan Yeti because you know Himalayans is where the where the Yeti comes from and AK. So so that strain was Alaskan Yeti, and I grew that for a while, and I really liked it. For an auto, that really I feel like it changed my mind and and other people's minds on what autos can do. You're the first one that that I heard talk about Ruderalis. Oh man, I've been growing and researching. And loving auto flowers since there was one on the market. There was only one. And that Why? Was it. What, what, what drew you to it? Oh, man. Just the possibility. Like what it could become. You know, like what it was and what it could become. Because, like, it it wasn't there yet back then. And, and we're getting there now, you know. But, I mean, it's to the point where you can put as good or, or better auto flowers out as, as regular pheno period plants. And, and that's huge for Alaska because we don't have 12 hours of darkness in the summer. Mm. So if you want to grow outdoors and you want to grow quality cannabis, then, then you really got to step your A game up to grow autos because it's different. It's not that it's harder. It's just that it's different. And when you approach growing autos like growing a regular plant, you'll fail. And a lot of people, a lot of really good growers are not good auto growers and when they try them they get bad results and they they blast them on the forums and then all the people that think that guy's a good grower they obviously blast it on 10 more forums that autos are garbage but at the end of the day they're just different you know and if you can figure that out you can you can change minds like people tell me that autos are small i i i gave a guy a bag of seeds wonderful friend of mine and uh and he grew a bunch out and told me that I sold him garbage seeds because they wouldn't produce. They were tiny plants. I took the seeds that he gave me, and I grew them. It was like a spike grow. And we had a cola that was so big. I have a picture of it, I think, on my Instagram. We have a beer can in front of it, and the cola hangs out about an inch and a half to two inches off of both sides. Huge. Like, we had to bend it to fit it in one of the big mason jars huge i think it was like i want to say like 60 something grams he would know for sure but huge off an autoflower yeah. and it was really good weed it's just about learning that their strains are different they're, they're they don't grow like regular females. a lot of growers develop habits in the seedling stage and in the veg stage that work just fine with phenotypical plants and then they try to apply that to an autoflower seed and it doesn't because if you stunt a regular seed within the first you know month of its growth sure you don't notice it the plant's just a little smaller maybe you veg it an extra couple days whatever with an autoflower you don't get that option if you if you stunt it early you're gonna wind up with a small plant <laughs> any other tips about growing autoflowers yeah, grow grow them outside. It's a lot easier. I heard easier. something about the what you start the uh, the the plant in, like if you have it in a small pot. Uh-huh. Whenever the root hits the side of the pot yeah. is when it starts to flower. True? No, no. That's a, that's what's wrong with growing these days. Is is people so put things. stuff out there and it like what happens is if somebody says something. And that's why I'm I always give disclaimers when I'm giving advice because when somebody says something. Then they go and everybody that reads that post, then then when somebody else brings it up on a different post, they think they know something. So they write it back too because this dude said it. And it just flourishes that way. You know, it just spreads like a like exponentially because then, well, I saw it on three forms. So now it's got to be true. You know, and it just spreads like that. And it's true. I've done so many experiments with autos. I've grown them in lots of soil, in little soil, in deep soil, in wide soil. I have finished them in everything from... Solo cups to Pringles cans all the way up to 55-gallon drums. I've, I've done a lot with autos, uh, and I don't believe that one's true. And I've, I've done a lot to see that it's not true. I think that what's happening is, is people are stunting them in that first week. Now, if your plant gets root-bound, then sure, you're stunting it, and it's, and it's not going to grow, and then it's going to start flower. But it's not because the root hit. There's no signal that I'm aware of, of the, from the roots to the plant to make it start the creation of florigen. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about real stuff, not, not anecdotal stuff. Like I want to see, I want, I want to see somebody say like, okay, yeah, we see this trigger. We trigger the roots. The plant starts producing florigen. But as far as I'm aware, there is no pathway 
chemical pathway that that happens. I'm not saying I'm all-knowing, but I would love to see some kind of research that, that pointed that way and not just anecdotal, well, about the time my plant gets root-bound, it starts flowering. I've grown auto flowers that are that are that take longer to flower. I've grown ones that take shorter. And that is true regardless of the size container you put it in. If I grow an auto flower that say we're talking about because yeah, you got some that are that are 80, 90 day finishers, but then you've got some that are that are 140 day finishers. And if you're growing one of them 140 day finishers, you can you can leave it in a solo cup for a month and a half and it's not gonna be flowering. Whereas you can put a fast finisher in a 55-gallon drum from the day it's a seed, and it will be flowering in about 14 days. That's just the way it is. I don't care how much soil you give the plant. It, it, I just don't, I don't see it in my experiments. And I've never seen anything in my research to show an experiment that shows this. I only hear, I saw it on a forum. If there is evidence out there, I'd love to see it. But as far as I've seen, that's not true. But on that same note, it's not like that 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 falsehood is bad. Because if you get your plant in its final container faster, then you're less likely to stunt it. Um, so I think that's why... Kind of like the boogeyman, then, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the boogeyman. He doesn't exist, but he keeps your kids in their bed. You know, yes. so... It's it's one of those things that I understand why people have gone with it and not fought against it because when you do the advice that they say you should do, it happens. But I don't. I think the reason why is because you're not stunting your plant as much and it grows better. But it is what it is. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Oh, yeah.